Welcome to the Mount Carmel Podcast. Today we hear a sermon from Pastor Colin Curtis, which he preached Thursday evening of a family camp in 2022. A reading from 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 24 and 25. These probably will sound familiar to you, although I'm not going to do a funky dance or any of that. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In the name of Jesus, amen. All week long we've been talking about what it means to be in Christ. To say it another way, we have been changed for good, not necessarily in a physical or emotional or even a moral sense, but indeed we have been transformed like a caterpillar in a cocoon. I still can't get over this. That breaks down to the level of its very cells on its way to becoming a butterfly. We have been changed for good as in permanently changed from here on out for all eternity. To reiterate the point of this year's theme verse, the old has come, behold, the new, the old has gone, behold, the new has come, our daily theme verse echoes the sentiment. We have died to sin and live to righteousness. Christ has apprehended our hard hearts and shattered our rebellious spirits. He has placed the longing of Eden deep in our souls and is giving us hearts for love alone. To be changed for good is a restoration of paradise. To live and to experience what our first parents forfeited. To live in communion with God and with one another and all creation. Just look out the window. And I suppose the best place to do the, all of that is right here at Mount Carmel. I mean, I haven't cleared it with Tim or David yet, but um, I just figured we could call off the rest of the summer program. And we'll just stay here. Don't you think? Yeah. I mean, we have plenty of things that we can do to occupy our time. There's more swimming, more boating, more water carnivals. Uh, and I think our family set out the Olympics this time around, but now we know how to beat you all. Okay? Okay? We could keep doing morning praise and daily texts and evening worship or hold an evening prayer for nights on end. There are 66 books, people. I think we've got enough to keep the age-appropriate programming going for a while. We've got a kitchen and a lodge at our disposal, and some of you have learned how to pitch in and help out. So, I say let's do it. Let's become permanent squatters 
on the shores of Lake Carlos. What do you say? Who's in? Yeah? Yeah? Well, you sound excited, but I know something about you. As soon as I said permanent squatters, your rebellious and selfish self started to rear its ugly head. I mean, I hate to point this out when there's a family reunion present, but you were thinking it, so I'm just going to say it. Maybe we've just had a little bit too much togetherness. Is there anybody who's ready for their own bed? Yeah, there's some people. I knew it. I knew it. And not to mention that my deep uh, self-preservation has uh, been teed off by my habit of eating a Kempswich or two every day. I mean, that's probably not so good for my figure. So I suppose the intentionality of this camp community is a wonderful thing, and the intimacy of the regular rhythms of mercy that we have lived out together are indeed beautiful, but they're obviously impractical. In all seriousness, Christ did not die for us to just sit around and twiddle our thumbs while we wait for the trumpet call. And I was just awestruck by the sunrise this morning at 6 o'clock in the boat with Lyle and Oliver as we went fishing. But I'm certain that God didn't plan for us to just stare off into the eastern sky waiting for Jesus to come on the clouds. In fact, when God created you, he placed you into the world on purpose. Just as you were knit together in your mother's womb, so also God weaves you into a tapestry of family and community and culture. Each of you has a role to play. Opportunities to wear various hats. Go Cubs, right, Brian? <laughs> I mean, for example, I mean, if we stay here, I can still be Meg's spouse. I can still be Oliver and Margot's dad here at camp. But it might be a little difficult for me to be Holy Cross's pastor from afar. And it'd be tough for the baseball or the soccer team to keep filling the gap that you've left. And in the current job market, all of us are not disposable anymore. You've made yourself necessary. You're difficult to replace. As we heard on Sunday morning, Jesus sent the once demon-possessed man back home to proclaim all that God has done for him in Christ Jesus. And Jesus and his disciples, as they were coming back down the Mount of Transfiguration, they had to go back down the mountain into what? The demands of the world. And the same is true for you. God made the world to need you. To sit at a desk, to diagnose illness, 
to seal a deal or sign a contract, to draw and engineer and build, to help you navigate, help kids navigate the tricky dynamics of a scary world and to care for your aging parents as they transition through all that comes with the end of life. When God created the world, he took what was formless and void and chose you to fill the gaps, to use you to fill the earth with all goodness and grace and to fill the heavens with praise. Dear friends, to be you is a mighty important calling. So it's time to get back to it. Reentry into the real world is about to set in. I hate this part. Meg always points it out, and she's always right, of course. I have a tendency to shut down now toward the end of something that's been really good. I get crabby when it's time to pack up and leave. Maybe it's because my policy for avoidance and procrastination must come to an end. Or maybe I just know all the demands that await upon my return. Or worse yet, I know how easy it will be to stray like sheep. That's what sheep do, you know. They've got two jobs. Produce wool and eat grass. In the hustle and bustle of daily life, it's easy for me to forget the regular rhythms of mercy. The morning praise, the daily text, the family devotion, the evening worship. I'll get caught up in the rigmarole of daily life and forget that I have been bathed in God's grace to live into God's call and claim on my life. Like mindless sheep, I'll put my head down and get lost in the pasture until I forget what the good shepherd even looks like. Without good boundaries and a diligent shepherd, you and I will stray away to anywhere. You and I will stray like sheep. This summer I've been reading a book called The Splendid and the Vile. I didn't get much reading done here. It's a historical memoir with Winston Churchill at its center. The year is 1940. Nazi Germany has been ruthlessly bombing London and all parts of South, uh, South Britain. And Churchill has been trying to persuade the U.S. President Roosevelt to aid in the fight, but to no avail. After Roosevelt won the election, FDR set, uh, sent a man named Harry Hopkins to survey and inspect Great Britain's effort and needs for support. And at a supper party the night before his return to the U.S., Hopkins faced Churchill, caught him right in the eye. And he said, I suppose you wish to know what I'm going to say to President Roosevelt upon my return. 
Well, I'm going to quote one verse from the book of, of books. Whither thou goest, I will go. And where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people will be my people. And thy God, my God. And then softly he added, even to the end. Soon Roosevelt would request aid from Congress to support Britain in the fight, and then later joined forces in both the European and specific theaters of World War II. Harry Hopkins was quoting the great, 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 maybe plus one, minus one, grandmother of Jesus. So it's no wonder that Christ himself has promised the same for you. In a fight against sin, death, and the devil, we don't stand a chance out there in the world without the greatest ally on our side. His pledge is this. Whither thou goest, I will go with you. Where thou lodgest, I will lodge with you. I have made you my people. I died and rose again to the glory of my Father and yours. Indeed, where he goes is where we go, with one important difference. He goes ahead of you, even to the end. Jesus Christ, the great shepherd and overseer of your souls, goes ahead of you. He puts up a fence, and he'll fill up the trough. His word of commands and promises will keep you in the boundaries of God's expectations and his grace. They will guard you from the pitfalls of sin and the precipice of death. He will corral you in his love and keep you forever in his perfect peace. He has washed your wool with his crimson blood. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree. And in the water and the word of holy baptism, he has made it so you have died to sin and will live to righteousness. And in just a few moments, he will fill the trough of your hands with bread and wine, the body and blood of broken and poured out for you from the cross for the forgiveness of sins. So, dear friends, whenever you hear this word, whenever you receive an absolution, whenever you eat and drink the body and blood of Christ, not only will you remember this beautiful place, but more importantly, you will see that the Good Shepherd is keeping his promises. The Good Shepherd is returning you to himself, not the other way around. He's giving you Eden 
once again. The one who created you and gave you a purpose on earth, the one who went to the tree to heal you from sin, he will be with you even to the end. And when your eyelids close one final time, you will not behold an ending, but a beginning. For in death, we see the gate to eternal life. And then Christ will come again to give you what he guaranteed. That indeed you have not been changed just for the better, but for good, for forever, where we will feast in paradise, where our faith will become sight, and his banner of love and life will wave victoriously over you, now and forevermore. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Mount Carmel podcast. Please join us in the future as we continue to publish teaching, preaching, and special events from Mount Carmel.